From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 296. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's, Blue Apron, and Zola. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Are you feeling good? You just come back from LA, so I'm sure you're, you've got that yeah. conference thing going on. Yeah, I've actually avoided it so far. You know, I don't know if there's a uh, <laughs> an incubation period that's going to hit me later. I got back late Monday night, my time. I was pretty much a wreck all day Tuesday. Just, I don't know, I was jet laggy. I was mostly dizzy. You know, sometimes the, the ear pressure affects me, you know, in the airplane. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. just basically, you know, a whiny butt yesterday, just feeling kind of rotten. But by last night, I was good. Today, I feel back to normal perfectly awesome and hopefully no con crud in my future because i have to turn this thing right back around and go to baltimore next week next week yeah (laughs) not this weekend but next weekend so really good scheduling job by us to have a wednesday podcast because i'm usually gone thursday through monday (laughs) it's perfect it's perfect perfect doesn't get any better than that because everybody knows all the promoters know don't step on don't step on our toes yeah, right. <laughs> that's, exa- that's exactly that's exactly what they think. I mean on. they they can't have a functional website, but they listen to our podcast enough to understand how to schedule their show. Exactly. People know. <laughs> People know. All right. So some something big happened. We have to just address this Bes- immediately. Besides besides the LA Pen Show, which besides we're going to talk in full about later on this episode, but this is even bigger news, I think, at least for you, than the LA Pen Show. There is a new Bungbox Sailor <laughs> Pink limited edition. I I couldn't believe this led our show when I opened up the document. I'm just going to be honest with you. But why? I understand I understand I've been talking why about because it incessantly for like a month. Yeah, and I've been dogging you for equally as long and then they come out with this. <laughs> That's kind of unreal. This this is worse though. This makes it worse. How so? How am I going to get one of these? Right? <laughs> like, so the yeah. thing is, is like the previous ones, they were all sold and I didn't really care when they were sold. So it's like, well, that's my own fault. I couldn't get it. Now I have a new one and it's limited to like a hundred. <laughs> so it's half of the amount of last time. No, no. And, I think the last one was a hundred, wasn't it? Uh, well, okay. So the, the, the translation says it's half. So I, I mean, but the okay, translation is the translation. So who knows what it means? Sure. Right. Whatever. So like the translation very says, few. we will start selling at the... So it's an Instagram post. It's a post on Instagram. We will start selling at the Mail magazine of the day after tomorrow, 18 o'clock. Please wait a little more. There is no sample in the shop this time. The number will also be 100, half of the previous one. Thank you. Mm. Mm. So you, so it's on order, right? <laughs> Based on that information. How, you know, like, how do you... So what I did was I emailed them. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> because okay. in their Instagram post, they said, to e- like, thank you for your inquiry. Please email us at bung at bungbox.com. So I've emailed them and told them. I literally said, I will pay any price. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get that pen to me, I will pay. Mm. So we'll see. Did you name drop me? No, I didn't. You should that. have. Like, there's no one, like, I'm not a, a do-you-know-who-I-am person or a name-drop person. This is one where it would have been worth your while to do that. I know. See, I thought about it, because all I, you know, I figured all I needed to do, really, was 
you know, mention the pen addict, right? Like I've just figured mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. but I, did, I just said my name and, and left it at that. I, I, I really, <laughs> I really don't like well, to do that stuff. But I don't either. I never do it. But this would have been one time this where would I would have, have been, done it. Yeah, I figured mm-hmm. I could have gotten away with it this time where like it would have been accepted. But I didn't. I'm just going to wait yeah. and see uh, to see if they get back to me and then go through whatever the rigmarole would be to try and get it. But I've, I'm, di- I'm dying. Especially because over the weekend, you trolling me, sending me pictures <laughs> of, of like the, the, the regular edition, the love edition. The first one. Yeah, which I didn't know this new one had come out by the time I trolled you. So I don't know no, if I off, had, did that you, you in did advance. It before. You did it before. Yeah, so we were at the tent, which we will get, we will get into later mm-hmm. at the LA Pen Show. That will make a lot of sense, a lot more sense later in the show. And we were all, you know, at doing what we do, passing around pens and testing pens. And Carrie was there from Fountain Pen Day in Kenro, um, and he has one of these, so he had his. I was like, oh, hang on, I need to take a picture of that and send it to Mike. And um, you cussed at me, and uh, mm-hmm. I was happy. So yeah, my my duty was done. <sighs> this is just tor- it's torturous. I don't know. I I feel like maybe you'll get this one. I don't know. There's only a hundred of them, though, right? Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. it seems like they're doing them to celebrate something. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. I I very much doubt it. They're celebrating you not getting one. But I think that might be the case at this point. Mm-hmm. All right, but there there is a there's another there's another new uh, limited edition <laughs> that I figured would interest you a lot which is mm. the Retro 51 Swish All-Star. So they've done a new version of the uh, basketball uh, Retro 51 Tornado, which is basically it's mm-hmm. a big shot because it's huge. Um, and mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. got like the dimples on a basketball and it's painted up to look like a basketball. I have the orange one, like the pre-existing mm-hmm. orange one. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the NBA All-Star game is happening right now. And so I've been able to piece together that the NBA All-Star balls are red, white, and blue. And that they're doing that, right? So, in- interestingly enough, the NBA All-Star Game was in L.A. over the same weekend as the Penn Show. Well, look at that. So, yeah. So, it was kind of busy. Like, the, the airport, I've flown in and out of L.A. several times now. And the airport has never been as stupid as it was. I usually have an easy time getting in and out of L.A. This time, it was ridiculous because hmm. we were coming in on all-star weekend and leaving on the holiday after all-star weekend. I don't know that that is enough to move the needle, but it sure felt like it. It was really busy, but I didn't see this pin at the show, but someone brought it up to me in a, uh, in this tweet and showed it to me. This is reminiscent of the old ABA basketball from the seventies when, uh, Julia serving Dr. J got famous for his dunks and they were using these red, white, and blue balls. And all I wanted was when I was a kid was the red, white, and blue basketball. I mean, that was the ticket. So I might have to get one of these, even though I don't like the big shot, I might be in on this one. Cause I didn't get the last one. I didn't really need the, the traditional basketball one, but this one's pretty cool. Like I, I, I might, uh, I might get after this one. We'll see. Brad, what is the Twisby Junior Pagoda mechanical pencil? It's a very interesting pencil by Twisby. I don't know exactly what's going here on here. It seems like a jump for them to go in the super low end market, which is what they're doing with this this product. So in, before they've made they've made a really nice what I consider a high end mechanical slash drafting pencil, right? Called the Precision. Do you have one of those? No, I don't. I know you went on. I know you went on a kick. I couldn't remember if you got one of these at the time, but it's a nice metal barrel 
you know, retractable lead pipe, good mechanism, interesting looking. I'd call it high end mechanical pencil. You know, twenty five bucks is is pretty high end for a mechanical pencil, and that's where the precision fell. So just out of the blue, they dropped this on Instagram and Facebook that they're making a three dollar and fifty cent pencil. I was like, that's cool. I mean, I am. It looks great. I can't believe it's only three dollars. Yeah, I can't believe the price. I wonder why they call it Junior. I would just call it the Twisby Pagoda. I like, like Junior. Not, I don't know. There's kind of something know. cute about that, maybe. Yeah, but the colors, you know, the orange, white, and blue colors look good. Like, everything about this looks good, and then you go, wow, it's only three fifty. dollars um, So I will definitely get one of these, like, without question. So I would love for this to be like a little playground for them. You know, I want them to keep trying things. Maybe they'll do some pins in this, um, you know, in this kind of style, you know, in the three to $5 range, I would be, I wonder what their plans are, right? That's what we talk about all the time with Twisby is you never know with them. They do really, really weird stuff, weird prototypes that never make the market. And then they just drop the pagoda on us, which, you know, it's not going to super move the needle, but it's, Twisby's a company that always interests us in what they do because they can do anything they want, but they just don't always do it. So this was interesting to see come out. And I will definitely get one of these pencils without question. What about you? I mean, is this something you're interested in? Are you still, I've asked you this recently, are you still on the mechanical pencil kick? Still use the rotring all the time? I like what I got, you know? So like the Mm -hmm. the, the ones that I have, you know, like I just picked up the spoke, right? And stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. it's very rare that I'll add a mechanical pencil to my arsenal because I feel like I've kind of topped out, right? Um, yeah, and you, so, I forgot you just got the spoke, which which uh, if you like the spoke, go check out my blog this week. I have a giveaway from that. Brian, the man behind the spoke. He also makes these like insane strength magnets, strong like bull. He made some uh, pin addict model ones, which are really awesome. I want to keep them on for myself. <laughs> I wish he would put that magnet in the base of the, uh, of the stoke stand thing. Yeah, true, true. I wonder how that would work. We'll have to work on that. I'll ask mm. him. Because, you know, I, I do talk to him quite frequently. Maybe maybe have something in the works. We'll see. We'll see what's going on. You know, I'm always always scheming behind the scenes, Michael. That's what I do. I know. I did scheme behind the scenes on this next pen. The Enzo XS Pocket Fountain Pen. So, I missed this when it launched. Somehow, I didn't get... You know how when you're a backer of a Kickstarter company and they relaunch, they, they launch a new product and they could go back to their old list and send out an email. For some reason, I didn't get one. Maybe he didn't send one on the excess pocket fountain pen, but I'm a big fan of what Enso does. And full disclosure, he does advertise on my blog. He is currently advertising this week. But when I saw this last week, I just went ahead and Insta backed it because this is a pocket size pen that looks like it's right in between the Kaveco Lilliput and AL Sports. So what do you think about this pen? I think it looks really nice. Um, I, I don't think that it's something that I would get a lot of use out of. I'm not a big mm-hmm. pocket pen person anyway, I but I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, I don't know you to have ever ever used a pocket pen besides like maybe a Fisher Space pen every now and then. Yeah, exactly. Um, but th- this one looks nice. Yeah, I said, I don't know sometime on this podcast, maybe a year ago, if I was open to 
to open an online pen store. I'd make it just pocket pens. That's how much I love that format. Um, and there's a lot of choices out there. And this is a new one. So it's a small barrel faceted uh, pocket pen, aluminum, black satin finish, brass. I don't know what other what other flavors it comes in. And it's a good price. All of Enzo's stuff is a good price. Like the pen's started at $39. So, I mean, that's a really good price to get in and try something if you like the genre of the pen, if you will. So, you know, I like the pocket style, the, you know, all the Kavecos, the shown design. It looks like, you know, it's probably around the size of a shown design pen. So, three different aluminum finishes and a brass finish. I am all about this pen. Insta back and, um, I would check it out if you're interested in this pen. I'm probably going to do black barrel with black nib. That's something I don't have in a pocket pen. I've got plenty of traditional aluminum, brass, um, and raw aluminum pens. So I'm going to go go something a little bit different, go black on black with this one. But I'm excited. He always... Um, so Carlo, who runs Enzo and is the designer, he's always pretty efficient getting this, these projects out. So, and it's already blown out the goal. It's at almost 47,000 of a $5,000 goal with 22 days to go. So this one's uh, doing better than some of his recent projects. I think I'd have to go back and look, but it's fantastic. I'm definitely in. And uh, if you're into pocket pens, that may be something you check out. Yeah. It looks like it's, you know, it's flying off the shelves, right? Like, yeah, it really is. I mean, the price—the price is right. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> not. I guess. I guess you could not buy it. That could be what you do. But if you're mean. someone like me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's like um, I see something like this, and it just looks like a surefire Kickstarter success to me, right? Like you've got all the mm-hmm, materials mm-hmm. there, two type, like the types of aluminium and brass, right? And it's mm-hmm. looks decent. Like it looks nice, right? There's nothing egregious about the design. Um, yeah, and the kick the kicker is it's Enzo, and he's delivered lots of good stuff already. Yep. But so, we said that about Namisu, and you know, we saw oh, their, things can uh, always go wrong. Trials and tribulations, but yeah, you know, I feel real, wrong. I feel real good always about backing Enzo projects. Yeah, all right. I don't remember the Pen Uno, but uh, oh, that's the uh, the high tech C one. But they did the yeah. uh, uh, the Nova, which was their big fountain pen. Uh, the large size cigar shaped fountain mm-hmm. pen, which looks very and he nice. did the uh, pen uno and pencil uno a couple of times. Since Not I love Nova, the high tech uh, C, Puma, 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 no, Nova sorry, was sorry. Namisu, Namisu, sorry, yeah, Puma. All these names, Kickstarter naming is fun. Should we take a break? Yes. Today's show is brought to you by a new sponsor, and it's Zola. Zola are reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience. From your engagement to the wedding to decorating your first home, Zola is the compassionate is there with compassionate customer service and modern tools and technology to help you along the way. The Zola registry has everything that you love about your favorite department store, plus some extras, like the ability to add honeymoon funds, fitness classes, wine subscriptions, and so much more. You can give the guests to your event Many, many things that they can get for you, including some stuff, obviously, you're going to love, like a wine subscription. How nice is that? They have over That's 500 cool. top brands and 50,000 gifts, experiences, and cash funds that you can choose from, making it easy for you and your guests. They even have top-rated apps for iPhone, iPad, and Apple Watch, so you as a couple can manage your registry on the go. Wedding planning is stressful. I know this. 
Um, <laughs> I am stuck in that world right now. Um, and having a service like Zola can really help. You know, having something that's just set up, it is purpose built, it is easy to use to help you build a registry is amazing. Um, I took a look around it. I thought it was fantastic that everything that I could have possibly wanted, Zola has available. Um, we even, uh, Zola gave us a credit so we could try out the service ourselves and we were able to buy a little gift card to get some artwork, which we now have on the wall. So you can buy gift cards for other websites. So like it, ext- it ex- even extends the amount that you can buy, right? Because it's like a whole other mm. inventory thing um i was heartbroken to find out that zola was us only because mm. it was exactly what i was looking for for my wedding well, registry <laughs> well i'm i'm popping in and of course i go straight to the gear so there's like turntables and sonos speakers yes, and gopros like so this is good. like everything that anyone so could want in a way better than any traditional wedding registry right i yep. mean this is this is the way to go and this is why over 300,000 couples have already used zola and you can join them today sign up and receive a $50 credit towards your registry just by going to Zola.com slash penaddict. That is Z-O-L-A dot com slash penaddict. Go there right now to receive that $50 credit. We'd like to thank Zola for their support of this show. Yeah, and since it's in the U.S. only, it is Z-O-L-A dot com. Z-O-L-A. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Zed. Zed. We should use Zola. <laughs> yeah, I guess we so should. So speaking... Speaking of Kickstarter, I got one email I did get from Kickstarter was from my good friends at CWNT, who I very much love, Sayway and Taylor. They're awesome. They have a newsletter for all of their ongoing work. And this time they shared out a friend's work, which anything they're in they're into, I'm interested in. So this one's called A Log Notebooks. And it's very interesting. It's a it's an architecture based notebook. So it's not for everybody. Because it had the base edition of this notebook has an imperial measurements and a metric measurements edition. So they're very cool. Um, and they have all these, it's a 130 page notebook, but 30 pages of it is like architecture measurements and things to use when designing and kind of guidelines and requirements. So it's, you know, it's highly specific. But then they also have a blank notebook, which I ordered, um, which is $15. So the architect editions are 25, but they have a blank notebook for 15. And I wanted to try it because it looks nice. I like the style, the size, the shape. It looks like it's a tape bound lay flat notebook. So this is my kind of notebook just to use. And it's 15 bucks and the shipping's free in the US. So I was like, it's kind of hard not to buy this. But I thought I would share this because I like what Taylor and Sayway do, and I wanted to share one of their friends who makes a neat stationary thing. And if you happen to be an architect and are checking this out, this might be very useful uh, for you. And then, you know, if you're just a nerd, you can get their little enamel pins that they have. So they have a log notebook pins and outlet pins and glue I like pins. The pins that look a really lot. Cool. All little arc. They have all these architecture drawings in their notebooks, and they've taken some of these drawings out and made them into like accessories. So it's just a little something I found interesting that I got in my inbox this week that I hadn't seen before. So I think it looks pretty neat. So should we should we give an update on the Kickstarter campaign? We should. So we have now passed uh, twenty five thousand dollars, which is. Mm-hmm. Wild Town. Uh, we're on our way to twenty six <laughs> as we record this. We're over the the hump mm-hmm. at twenty five thousand six hundred forty one dollars. 
mm-hmm. which so the, the train just keeps on rolling. Uh, it's wild. Uh, thank you to everyone who is continuing to back the project. Um, Brad, what updates do we have? I think this is going to end up being fantastic for our backers from just the videos alone. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is going to be like, you know, what you're going to get an awesome Atlanta Pen Show podcast live video, which you always do. Like every year we do that better, in, in my opinion, unbiased opinion, of course. But I think every year it gets better. But this year, going to New York City and Toronto, two places neither of us have really been to do the things that we're going to do, you know, go mm-hmm. to CW Pencils, go to the Toronto Pen Show. We're going to be able to show our kind of initial amazement of doing these things and our excitement and like our passion for why we're doing this. And I think that's going to show up in what we provide to all the backers and to help us with that. I invited my pen show wife, Anna Reinert, to join us in yep. New York City and Toronto. And that's because we've gotten to this point. So, like, we didn't necessarily talk about this because we figured it would happen mm-hmm. and we didn't feel like we needed another stretch goal. But mm-hmm. we felt that if we reached, like, 25, then it would mm-hmm. easily allow us to bring Anna along on the trip, too, because we can pay for her travel. So, thank you for doing that. Yeah, so I asked her in L.A. She accepted so she is going to be joining us. Um, so it, it it's really awesome. And I've already had people send emails or tweets to me say mostly, uh, or are they Torontonians? Do you know if that's accurate? I'm sure the chat room will tell me. Torontonites, I like. <laughs> but several people in the Toronto area have reached out saying, hey, I know the area. I live here. We can, you know, I can help you plan a you know, a meetup or whatever y'all want to do, you know, I can help you coordinate things. So this is, I'm really excited to see what we're going to do on this trip because I think it's going to be amazing. I, I, I mean, every year's the best year ever, but I, I don't see how this is not the best year ever. Right. I mean, I'm never been more excited about one of our annual projects than I am about this one. Did you want to talk about the pins? Uh, what about them? About extra Oh, pins. for the extras. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of people are asking, asking for extra sets of enamel pins. And I'll do this in our next update, um, just as a reminder. But if you want extra set of enamel pins, just add $10 to any pledge level. And we'll be sure to get you a set of pins. So you can do that for whatever level you're at. If you just want you know, one set of pins on the video level, add $10. If you want more on the... Everything level, add 10 more dollars. I mean, if you want five sets, add $50. So yep. we'll we'll order enough uh, pin sets because uh, everyone's wanting them. Now, you know, if we have extras at the end, we might have a few for sale, but mm-hmm. that's not going to be an item you're going to be able to really purchase afterwards. It's yeah, not going to be an that would be thing. like pen show like I, sales or something, right? Like, yeah. This isn't going to be a thing that, that will be available. So if you do want those... Uh, and you want to get yourself a couple of sets. I mean, I know for me, uh, because I would want to have like one on display, but then keep one to to the side in case I lost my face, right? So I would have <laughs> sets, and that's what I know a bunch of people did. So if you want to get uh, extra sets of the three enamel pins uh, that we're doing, then just just add an extra ten dollars in, and it mm-hmm. will be able to work it out. This this will be something we don't need to order until it's done, so it's like easy from right. the accounting perspective to know how many we're going to need. Yep, and I'll tell you right now, like, whatever our number is, it's going to be, like, I might order, like, 
30 more or 50 more. We're not going to oh, have yeah, a whole yeah. slew of extras. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, be, and a lot of those will be go to me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. Probably so. <laughs> so the people in LA were ready for the pins. Pins? Pins. Um, they were happy to hear about the Kickstarter when I met everyone in LA. So we ready to do this pin show recap? Yeah, I want to hear all about it. So my first pin show of the year, kind of the second on the calendar, Philadelphia was in January, LA here in mid-February. It's usually on Valentine's weekend, but I guess the calendar changed a little bit this year. So we were on NBA All-Star Game weekend instead. I didn't I didn't see any superstars. No, LeBron James did not make it to the pin show this year, unfortunately. But I saw the people I really care about, which is all the readers and listeners and fans of the pin addict and all the all the vendors that we always see at all these shows it's really like a family reunion when i haven't seen these people you know in six months it's kind of cool to kind of get back in the saddle even though i'll see most of them again in two weeks and i'll be sick of them before too long uh not the not the um the attendees just the vendors Mm -hmm. um i'll I'll get sick of them just kidding Mm. but it was uh it was a great event you know this was, I guess it was embroiled in a little bit of controversy before our arrival. The hotel was under construction. The ballroom where we were going to be was not finished, so we were not getting that. So we ended up in the old space that we used to be, which is a great space. It's a huge ballroom and two giant hallways. But the fun started on Thursday when the fire marshal hadn't approved the ballroom. Oh no. So everyone was basically in a holding pattern until that got approved. And then after that, like everything had to get set up and, you know, vendors had to get, you know, their approval packets and checked in. So there was like a huge vendor line Thursday afternoon. So people didn't get in Thursday afternoon vendors. That is until I think after three o'clock or four o'clock, something like that. So Thursday was kind of a, it was just a trader day anyway, so it wasn't that big of a deal, but it was scheduled. So, what does trader day late. mean though at the LA Pen Show? Because, like, it seems like so, Pen Show to Pen Show that changes what that actually means. Yeah. So, LA and DC are very similar in that, well, DC changed this year and had two public days. LA only has one public day, which is Sunday. So, everything before is considered a trader day. So, Thursday, then primarily Friday and Saturday. And what those days are and why people like Van S and many other vendors don't like that is because you don't get your assigned table until Sunday, the the one public day. Like, you have an assigned numbered table on Sunday. Before that, you're just getting what you can get. Like, for every table you paid for for Sunday, you were allocated a half table for Trader Day. And then the people who attended the show, not the vendors, the attendees, who bought the trader passes, which are the Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday passes, they were allocated a half table as well. So, you know, Anna was there, so she gave her half table to Van S. And uh, Laura Cameron, you know, allocated her half table to Van S. So Van S ended up with three tables, just not in the spot where we're going to be Sunday. So the question on Thursday night and Friday, mostly Friday going into Saturday, were was, are we going to have to take these tables down at night? So that was the real 
kind of cloud hanging over everything, right? Do we have to take everything down at night? Luckily, we didn't. They had security because we were in the outer uh, hallway, which is a fine spot. Like we we liked the spot where we were at. But we were just there Friday and Saturday because there were no assigned tables. So it's kind of like there's no need for this, right? I just don't but understand it's like why this The trader continues. thing like, doesn't make any sense anymore when people are coming like, and just buying the tickets and they have no intention of selling. They're just coming to buy. Yeah, right. right. Because I assume totally. that it's like a big percentage of them now mm-hmm. is, you know, like listeners of this show who are going to go to a pen show like, they're right. not suckers. They're going to buy the Trader Pass because you get in right. three days early and you get whatever you want, right? right? So it's certainly more general attendees than what you'd consider a traditional trader. So, so like, the, the even the idea of assigning tables to everybody is wild, right? right? It's like, I would go and I'd have my own table. Like, what, I'd sit on it when I want? Like, <laughs> it just seems so yeah. strange. <laughs> yeah, it's like mm. you have to lay these claims and tomorrow you know you pick up a tomorrow someone might already have that table whatever but i, I guess know. it's like I, you I, know surprise surprise it's not it's like an old way of doing things right like surprise yes. surprise. yeah so saturday night we did have to move and you know what those Oof. displays are like yeah right? that's not good so we had we had to move to our real table so we had a little bit of a long evening Saturday night, relocating from one end of the hallway to the opposite end of the hallway. So that was a bit of a you know, challenge. Like Vaness is basically all ink by ink, and large. Right. And so, and it's these like huge um, towers that they build, like these mm-hmm. white meshed kind of towers mm-hmm. where they're like six or seven trays high in inks. And it's like hundreds and hundreds of bottles, glass bottles <laughs> that you're moving backwards and forwards. Yep. Like that is, that's a significant job to do. So that was that was very sketchy. We we made it through unscathed, but yeah, it's not like we're folding up trays of pens or even like if it was moving just down. stuff. It's like that those cases sure. don't weigh anything, right? Like yeah, I, I would just grab the table skirt and tie it up into a big Santa package. Oh God, that would be incredible. Yeah. And you could you could be like and, put it on a stick and put it on your back and like yeah, just, just I'd go hobo it down to, the hallway go to the other down side to of the, the next tracks. table. Yeah. So, but not that with uh, Vanessa, you know, we were lifting those shelves off, me and Mike Vanessa, and then putting them down on a cart, and somehow we didn't drop anything, which was kind of amazing. So, oh, it, was, it was sketchy. It, I promise you, it was sketchy. Yeah, I, bet. <laughs> I promise you. Oh <laughs> so, the other fallout from the hotel not being complete was the restaurant and bar, which is a really good hangout area in LA. It's a very open, very nice bar, good food at the restaurant, things like that was completely shut down. So none of it was inside. It was that place was all under construction. So what they had, and who knows how long they've had this set up. They must've had this set up for a while. They had a tent set up in the parking lot. You know, one of those nice, like, I don't know. I would call it uh, like wedding a wedding tent. Like, yeah. It's like a big, it's not like a, a camping tent. So, it's like a big Right, thing. it's a semi, semi-permanent tent. So, it, you know, it has electricity and they had like huge refrigerators out there and they had all like a bunch of the, you know, all the bar equipment out there and they would serve you food out there. They didn't cook out there. They cooked in the uh, inside. But it worked out fine. Like it was yeah. big enough. It was set up well enough um and it was never too crowded right because i'm sure some people are like eh, i don't really want to go sit out in the parking lot i can imagine but, it being quite novel 
Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and everyone who seemed to be there in the evening seemed to really enjoy it, because in the end, what we always say about these shows, it's about the people. We're going to make the best Mm -hmm. of any situation, as long as we're around friends and talking about pens, you know, we're going to be happy. Oh, and can get beer. That was important. Naturally. So, yeah, they had everything set up, and it was nice. You know, they had the tables were large, and the chairs were good, and it was a little cool in the evening, so they had heaters blowing. Um, You know, it was a little loud from the heaters, but that was okay, but uh, in general... I thought the tent was like completely fine. It was actually kind of cool and uh, we really enjoyed it. So we were in there, you know, Friday and Saturday night after dinner and things like that, just having drinks and, you know, pen show after dark time and, and things like that. So with the way the schedule is set up for LA, it's a little bit weird from a sales perspective. It's okay. no other shows like this. So Friday's busy, right? All the weekend pass holders are really arriving Friday. So you get pretty busy on that day from people, people's first first round at the pen show, right? The people are going to be there for two to three days. You know, they buy a lot and, you know, they're looking for things on Friday and, you know, they know some things might not be there on Sunday and they may not want to come back on Sunday. Um, so Friday's generally busy. Saturday starts off that way in the morning and then by the afternoon, it's like a ghost town. It's really weird Saturday at the LA pen show which no other pen shows like that where you kind of have like set, you practically have Saturday afternoon off. I mean, there are two or three hours there where you'd hardly see anyone in the walkways. Um, you know, people return for like the last hour or two of the show. Like we did a little bit more sales, but from like, say like noon to three o'clock, I mean, complete ghost town. Like, you know, I walked over next door. It's a, it's in a good location in L.A. There's a huge, like, outdoor shopping area next door. So we walked over, got some Japanese food for lunch, came back. We all sat there and ate and, like, didn't miss a thing. Didn't miss a beat at all. And then Sunday is, like, traditional D.C. Sunday where the public arrives. They start lining up. The line goes out the front door of the hotel, I saw down some the block. pictures of that line. It looked wild. So Sunday is absolutely packed from open to close. Like maybe the last hour we finally could catch our breath. You know, we ate no lunch on Sunday. I had one bathroom break just because I had to go and that was it. Like that's how busy we were. And Anna worked the whole day with us too and she wasn't even supposed to, but thank God she did or else we would be hosed. But it was me, Mike and Lisa Van Ness and Anna And we hardly saw each other all day because we were just doing, you know, we had three tables, but we were all so busy with customers. We're just like, all right, hand me the card swiper or, you know, where's this, where's that? But it was just so busy. It's like two or three day, I mean, two or three deep or four deep with people like the entire time. And uh, it was great. I mean, it was, it's fun. It goes by fast, you know, got to see a ton of people, help a ton of people, which I love doing. And uh, it was kind of fantastic, but I don't recall ever being so tired after a single show day than that day. I'm sure mm-hmm. I've been there. You know, it's got. I'm sure I've got recency bias, but like my calves are still sore from Sunday, just from standing wow. and walking around so much on Sunday without really stopping. So we were wiped out by the end of the day. Fortunately, packing went uh, went pretty well Sunday night, and we were able to go relax and have a nice dinner and you can just see us all at dinner we were like so quiet we were just like (laughs) sunk into our chairs (laughs) i would expect that packing was easy if you were busy because it meant that there wasn't much to pack 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh. Well, this one was a little different because Lisa does a lot of shopping at this show, so hmm. there was uh, uh there was a, a a quite a bit more than we were normally left with. Like on Sunday in bulk, she ended up buying a bunch. Mean? Of, oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Like f- three hundred inks and wow, you know, crates of paper and all kinds of stuff. So, wow. um, but yeah, so. But in general, it was it was pretty good. But we didn't get out of there till probably seven thirty, eight o'clock hmm. Sunday night. I think no, maybe maybe around seven seven thirty before we got to go finally eat dinner. So that was that was a really good meal. <laughs> that was the first thing we'd all eaten all day since breakfast. So we were all pretty hungry and exhausted. But uh, it was a really good show overall. You know, no complaints. The uh, I missed most of the drama because I didn't arrive till like two o'clock Friday afternoon, which worked perfectly for me. But there really <laughs> wasn't that much drama to yeah. to have anyway. You know, it could have been worse. I mean, we're, when you're holding an event and the fire marshal hasn't approved the room, I mean, I, I would imagine everything's kind of on edge Thursday afternoon, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, it sounds like, honestly, given the circumstances that everybody was placed in which is kind of the fault of no one really construction will always take longer than you expect it it kind of sounds right. like the situation was dealt with pretty well like all mm-hmm. things considered like it seemed like yeah. that they did basically sounds like every, all that anybody could really to try and make things run smoothly yeah yeah so yeah overall good show um you know no real negative things to say but uh yeah super fun Great people, as always, mm-hmm. the best part, um, and uh, the, lots, lots of good stuff. Saw lots of new pins, um, you know. Did a little bit of shopping, oh. but uh, I think uh, I may have, should have had Blue Apron prepped for me on Sunday afternoon, so yes. I just eating behind the table, right? Then you would, mean, have, would have been, been totally fine. Then you would have been totally yeah. fine, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call a top class segue because this episode is brought to you by Blue Apron the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the US. Blue Apron delivers fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes right to your door. These recipes can be cooked in under 45 minutes, and Blue Apron offers 12 new recipes each week, of which you can pick two, three, or four based on whatever best fits your schedule. The Blue Apron menu changes every single week based on what's in season, so you're getting the best food possible. Upcoming meals include spicy chicken and stir-fried vegetables with jasmine rice, soy-glazed Korean rice cakes with broccoli and soft-boiled eggs, and strip steak and potatoes with spicy maple-colored greens. Now, Brad Dowdy, tell me about a great meal that you've had. (laughs) I've had two great meals and only one burn on my hand from my cooking of blue. Yeah, that's that's a good ratio. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Seeing how I don't cook and Blue Apron allows me to cook at my house. So two meals, one... I cooked up the shrimp rolls, which is like a lobster roll, but with mm-hmm. shrimp, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, and uh, sweet potato fries. It was really good. The kids and wife loved it. I was able to, you know, work on that and get that all made for one evening. My when my wife was working, she I had it timed perfectly because Blue Apron lays out the recipe the order you should cook everything and the time it's going to take to everything. So I planned it perfectly. She rolled in the door right when I was setting the table Look at for you. Look our at wonderful you. meal. So yeah, I was King Dowdy that night. <laughs> and um, the the next meal, which her and I, my wife and I cooked together, 
which um, was another fun thing, was a uh, a Mexican chicken casserole, chicken and rice casserole, which was fantastic. Um, absolutely loved it, you know, despite the little uh, blister on my thumb that I got from toasting the tortilla chips and sticking them in a very, very narrow area of the oven and trying to reach in and grab it. That wasn't a good idea. Blue Apron did not warn me about that, but uh, that's something I need to work on myself. But the food was awesome. It was cool to cook something myself, you know, for the family. And then, you know, my wife and I got in the kitchen and cooked a meal together, all from Blue Apron. And uh, it was great, great food, great fun. So thank you, Blue Apron. Look at that. You can't get can't get a better better words than that. Of incredible ingredients and chef-designed recipes, Blue Apron lets you see what the power of food can do. Blue Apron is treating you, our listeners, to $30 off your first order and free shipping. Just go to blueapron.com slash penaddict. So check out this week's menu and get $30 off with free shipping at blueapron.com slash penaddict. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Our thanks to Blue Apron for their support of this show and Relay FM. So come on, and what did you buy? What did you see? I want to know. I want to know. So I'm going to cut straight to the chase. All I right. bought no. I bought zero pens. Okay. Okay. So, and we'll talk about that as we go through. You know, I had some things on my radar, but I end up with no no purchases of pens. But I did buy some things. What I saw that kind of had the brain making a mental checklist. The new Edison acrylics, I almost pulled the trigger on one of those. They look good. I will probably end up with one this year. Um, Brian's kind of refreshed the acrylic lineup for the a lot of the models, um, especially the Menlo, which is where I'm shopping these days. I want to get a Menlo pump filler. So we'll have links to all this stuff in the show notes. You can show notes. You can go see like what these acrylics look they like. They look the, wonderful. So the second from the right was the one I handled very, very much. It's like a blue and black swirl, but some very bright bright blues and some dark black swirls and a little bit of transparency, translucency. So that was, I, I was very interested in that one. And since, you know, I like my blues, Mike, the Aurora Urano was this crazy it's bright looking. blue. It's good looking. It's good looking. I'm not going to buy this pen because I don't need to spend that kind of money because I already have my Nebulosa, which I like better, the purple acrylic. But this one was really kind of the hit of the show. People really enjoyed that one. And then Aurora also is starting to roll out the Optima Flex pens. I may get one of these. I'm not totally down with them. Um... I love the Optima shape. It's got the flex nib from the models that they, the 88 models that they did last year. But I think the colors, since I can get some cooler Optima models, I might just pass on this and see if I can later just get a flex nib because they'll eventually start selling these nibs um, on their own, the flex nibs. You know, I'd rather probably get some neat looking acrylic and then pay extra to add in a flex nib than go with one of the standard colors. Even the orange Optima Flex, like that would be the one to go yeah. for, right? I'm just going to say, it's they, kinda... they look awfully like Pro Gears. Yeah, they do. They do. But, you know, it's the traditional Optima shape and it is mm-hmm. very much in a, a Pro Gear shape is the same way. And, you know, they, they really do, which is probably why I like them so much. Right. Um. 
except they're probably twice as much. Like I didn't even check the price because I'm not super interested in them. I kind of more want the nib just to play around with and write with, even though it's not a super flexy nib, it's a enjoyable nib to write with. Two of the things that were not at the show proper, but at the tent, like this is where you get to see the real stuff, Mike, you know, that in the (laughs) pen show after dark in the tent, I got to see two things that I'm super interested in. One is from the Red Dragon Pen Co., which is from friend of the show, friend of the Slack, Chewbacca. This is his company he started. He's just starting to make pens. And Crystal from Squishy Ink and Hippo Noto had one of his pens. I believe if you are uh, listening to the show, click over to the show notes, click on the Red Dragon Pen Company link. You'll see an image at the top of his homepage. I got to handle that orange pen in the page and i have to say mike i'm very impressed the like, one that's in the talking, banner photo the clear and yeah, orange the, one looks nice yep the clear and clear and orange one in the banner photo it's really nice it's a good shape it's a good weight it's a great acrylic he does um on the ends of the pen cap and barrel he does it's kind of concave almost like a dimple so like i enjoy that feel i don't know it's a really really well done pen from what i can see just in the few minutes i had to play around with it i very very much enjoyed it so i will be maybe talking to him about what we can do for a pen sometime this year <laughs> i also need to pull the trigger on my conid slimline pen so there wasn't one there but there was a conid uh, king size there and it keeps reminding me how good these freaking pens are um so friend of the show cheryl had hers and she had her coned there because she was getting a Franklin Christoph flex nib fitted into the, the coned and it came out spectacular, but I just love the coned style and barrel so far as just a design. So I'm going to be looking at getting the slim line. This might be my first non Kickstarter pin purchase of the year. I just got to make the time to order it. I'll probably wait till after Baltimore, see if there's anything there I want, but I didn't buy any pins at the LA pin show. So I don't know if I'll buy anything at the Baltimore Pen Show. I will say several people bought the Tangerine, Sailor 1911 Tangerine. It was really hard for me not to break so down and get one. So you've seen one now, right? Do you see what I'm talking about by that oh, color? Like, you've it's never seen an orange like that before. Yeah, and everyone that brought it over to me, their eyes were just like glowing. They're like, look. It's, it's wonderful. Like, yeah, I love it's it. It's awesome. It's really good. So that one, I'm guessing that'll sell out at some point. Um, I don't know what type of run they have on there. They seem to be pretty decent-sized runs. If you want one, you can still get one. They are really, really I, – I still may end up with one. Like, I don't have a regular 1911. I just have one of the uh, – I think that one's called Imperial Black. The one that I have, it has a metal section. So I don't know. I'm just talking myself into it because it looks really good. <laughs> From a selling perspective, working for Van S, holy cow, the Colorverse inks. Like, that was the talk of our table all weekend. We couldn't keep them in stock. We were out of all the good colors. Well, all the hot colors, that popular colors by Friday night. We had a few left Saturday morning, and then throughout the rest of the weekend were just some of more, the more standard colors, and they still sold all the way through Saturday and Sunday. Everyone wanted the Colorverse inks. The swabs and samples were looked really good, so everyone was after them. And the setup of their boxes, you've seen this before, right, Mike, where they have the two different different size bottles, right? I think so. 
yeah, so there's a 65 milliliter large bottle and a 15 milliliter small bottle in each box that you get. And since LA is in uh, the home of the Jet Propulsion Labs, we had a lot of engineers and scientists from JPL out there going, I worked on the Hubble or uh, I worked on the Mars rover and they're having to like get all these inks because they're all these space names. It's, it was pretty cool. They were uh, a lot of people were really excited by them, but just in general, everyone was excited about the color of our sinks. I did not come home with any, nor did I come home with my Robert Oster motor oil, which is the one thing I wanted to come home with. And I forgot. It's just, you get so busy during these shows. I didn't shop at this show hardly at all. Like I, looked at very few tables throughout the show i didn't have time to like really take it all in even saturday afternoon that's when i got a few pictures done and got to do a little bit of shopping but i could never really spend the time to dig into where i wasn't just you know i don't want to plop down my money without some thought behind it right so that's kind of the stage i'm at these days with fountain pens so i ended up with no pens and i'm perfectly happy so um not goods did well you know i brought some for Van S pens and sold them there. They did. They did very good at the show. Um, the feedback was always great, and uh, yeah, it was it was just a good all around product show. Got to see lots of cool stuff. So what I did purchase were two. Th- I made two purchases. Number one was a Masubi notebook, which I first saw in San Francisco last year, but I never got the chance to go talk to Daryl, who I wonderfully called Derek in this oh. weekend's issue of Refill. Oh. I literally spent time with him, with Daryl every day oh. of my trip, like multiple times a day, hanging out and chatting with him, <laughs> and drop, dropped a Derek on him oh. in the Refill. So sorry about that. <laughs> sorry and it's about the that, worst Darryl. place to make an error because you yeah, can't that's change a, it. There's, there's no correcting that one, so sorry, buddy. Um but he's an awesome guy. Misubi does awesome work. These are high-end notebooks. Let's get this out right out the gate. This is very expensive notebooks. But when you read the story about what Daryl does, and we've talked about him before mm-hmm. we had him on. the, He reminded me that we mentioned him on the gift guide. They employ people with disabilities to manufacture these notebooks. Um, you know, in a whole wide range of disabilities. In fact, like he was talking to me how he has a couple of blind employees and how that how they line up the fabric so that the pattern's straight, they can feel the texture of the different materials and tell by the weave whether they're lined up correctly or not. It's just like, it's amazing stuff that he's doing. So I was happy to support him. I bought one of his notebooks. Um, like I said, the notebook I bought was $95. These are not cheap. But this the one I chose had this great indigo, Japanese indigo dyed pattern on it. Um, I believe it's, this one is called Edo, I think, on my pattern. I'm not quite sure. It's not online, so I can't double check it. But... They're beautiful. They're wonderful. They're filled with Tomoe River paper. The craftsmanship, it's all handmade. Even the stitching is all hand-sewn in the binding. Like, he had all the parts separated on the table. Like, the binding's hand-stitched. So, there's a lot of time, effort, and that that goes into building these notebooks. And they're made by awesome people. And uh, Daryl's doing a great job with Masubi. So, I'm super happy about that. The second thing I bought, Mike... 
I didn't see this until or know about this until maybe the day before I was heading to LA. Yeah. I got my first whiff of this and I saw online there was a Sailor Disney Princess ink set. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? And I have to have it. <laughs> I totally like had to have this. And I wasn't thinking necessarily, like I didn't even realize, I didn't put two and two together that they'd be at the LA show, but the the people selling them were actually at the show. So what this is, is a set of pigmented inks and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the eight colors here, Mike. You ready? And these are all Disney princess based. We have fairy pink, apple red, bell yellow, romance brown, ocean green, crystal blue, night blue, and magic purple. Mm-hmm. So what Sailor, Sailor did was made an entire set of inks, and each of them has a matching wax seal Dang. for each color. So Sailor did this set for Disney Shanghai. So this is a whole set. It comes in this whole big box. And I linked to uh, our friend Catherine on Instagram. She has two posts where she has like a box opening in one post and then like ink samples in another post. And it's really cool. And you should go check them out. But I mean, Sailor it's and an Disney Insta-buy. Princesses. It's an Insta-buy. Insta- Insta-buy. Yeah. Like no question. Like I was thinking about like the tangerine pen. It wasn't an Insta-buy. This... I mean, you I can get the tangerine about. later. Like this isn't yeah. available, right? Like you can't just right. go buy one of these from Pencheley yeah. or something. Like right, you can't just order one of these up and be done with it. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty <laughs> I'm very excited about this set of inks. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So um, the only pen I did leave with, which is something that I had seen for a while, it's called a machined era. Uh, solid brass pen. My friend Keegan from One Star Leather, him and I did a trade. I traded him a knot case for one of these pens. So uh, that's the only pen I ended up with. You know, it's a uh, it's a brass barrel pen. I'll have to... I, it's still in the box. I haven't tried it out yet, but uh, I'll be reviewing that on the blog soon. And that was the... That was it for my purchases. You know, no... I didn't come home with any color, Colorverse, Robert Oster, didn't come with any pens. I did check out some of the Pelican 101s. I can't bring myself to pay that much for that small of a pen for a nib that I'm going to have to get work on. So I'll probably do that eventually. But, you know, I found one that I really like. It's 400 bucks, which is a fair price for a brand new one. And it's a good deal, but it's a fine nib. And then I'd have to get, you know, another $50 worth of nib work done on it. And I just didn't feel like dealing with it today because it'll be there tomorrow. So, you know. I, that's kind of where I'm at with my my pin collection right now. I'm really, really happy with what I have. So it's got to move the needle for me to make a purchase. And uh, I, I'm very content to go into pen shows that way. Okay. Talking about going into pen shows, one thing that Brad takes a lot of care of is the way he looks and the way he smells. That's why we're going to talk about Harry's. Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price, which is why over 3 million people have switched to Harry's, and you should be one of them. Harry's founders, Jeff and Andy, decided to create Harry's because they were fed up with overpriced razors and they wanted to fix it. They stripped out all of the unnecessary features of stuff that you don't actually really need, like vibrating handles or heating blades, and they also cut out the unnecessary costs that go along with these things, allowing them to deliver you one perfect razor at an amazing price. A good shave comes down to good blades, so Harry's offers high-quality blades at half the price that you'll pay elsewhere at just $2 per blade. They make the blades themselves in their own factory, so they 
know that they're good, and that's why they offer a 100% quality guarantee. So, Brad, was uh, Harry's filling the air in L.A. in a hotel room somewhere? Mike, not only did I look and smell great in Los Angeles, one of our listeners did, too. Oh, yeah? And Oh, yeah. I can't remember his name, but we had a great conversation. We were talking about pens and podcasts, and, you know, we just you know having a good old chit chat and we said goodbye and he carried on about his way and about 10 steps down the hallway i see him turn around and he and he makes a beeline back to me he's like oh one more thing i bought harry's and i love it i shave more than i ever do because i enjoy it so much so he shaves like (laughs) he became a uh, harry's customer because we talk about it so much and not only does he shave like he normally does he doubles down because harry's so good he shaves even more just because it's such an enjoyable experience can't beat that harry's is so confident that you will also love their blades they want to give you a free trial set you just need to cover the shipping the set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle five precision engineered blades of a lubricating strip and trimmer blade a rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover this set is worth 13 dollars, but for you it's free just go to harrys.com slash pen addict right now sign up and get started all you need to do is cover the shipping t- costs and that set is yours thank you so much to harry's for their continued support of this show and relay fm so we have a big batch of ass TPA. We didn't get to any last week, I don't think. If we did, we we, we filled we got, it right We back did up one. Again, but we we yeah. answered Tofa's question. Yeah, that that's right. Good. That's right. Toffer. I'll get an email. Seriously, Tofa. It's Toffer. No, it's like Gopher. <laughs> that's how you remember it. <laughs> it's Toffer. Make mm. me an offer. That's how uh, he taught me. Uh, All right. So this one's from Michelle. This goes back to our stationary draft. She says, "I listen with interest." and longing to your stationary draft a couple of weeks ago. I worked for a very big company, and several years ago, we moved to open office spaces and then flex seating. Each day you're in the office, you grab the first available seat. No one has a regular desk and therefore nowhere to store your own stationary supplies. This has been a huge adjustment for me, a self-proclaimed and well-known stationary nerd. All my supplies have to travel with me each day, and I've had to trim down to the must-haves that I'm willing to carry. I now function every day, though sometimes with difficulty, without sticky notes, a stapler, paper paper clips, and many more comforts that used to live in my desk. So my question is, how would your stationary draft change if you had to be mobile every day? What are the essential tools to carry to work, and what would you carry them in? Looking forward to, hopefully, no more hopefully, you will definitely see us in Toronto, Michelle. What do you think about this, Mike? So number one, I would be I would have a panic attack every day. I would have to be first at the office <laughs> and try to get my same my same flex seat desk every day, even though I know that's probably... This was my life for four years, not, Brad. Yeah, so you had flex seating? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but I we thought had, you were just in a standard office cube, cube form. No, we had... Yeah, we had those, but they were flexible. They weren't enough for everyone. Sure. Like, some days, wow. if I got there late, it was like, well, there's no desk for you, so you have to kind of just go and, like find somewhere and hope that your battery oh, wow. power and your terrible Lenovo laptop lasts the whole day. Wow. Like, so what were you bringing? Well, you see what, what we had though, we had like these like storage pedestal things. So you mm-hmm. basically at the end of every day, you had to just like clear the desk, put it all in the pedestal and then get out everything you needed the next day. So I still had, mm-hmm. I still had access to everything that I wanted, but it was a mm-hmm. case of like, it had to all be put away at the end of the day. But if yeah. I was in this if I was in this particular uh, situation, if I was in Michelle's situation, I probably wouldn't be carrying a stapler around. 
Yeah, I, I'm cutting out the same things she cut out. I'm going strictly pens, pencils, highlighters, and I would actually throw in like a six inch ruler because that kind of serves as a ad hoc scissors if you need it, but sometimes nice. you also need a ruler. Nice. Um, yep. And you can keep that in the case, like a Brass Town or a Kokuyo Neocrits, the standable um, zippered case. But I, I'm really focusing on like three or four pens, a mechanical pencil, a highlighter, a six-inch ruler, and then probably just a separate A5 pad to take with me every day. Mm. So For me, it one, would be like one it, pen if case it can't and one pad. all fit in one pen case, it, it's mm. out. Mm-hmm. So like if for me like if if it can't fit in a Sinclair then I can't do it so it would be like a pocket notebook you know like yeah. field notes or a story supply and yeah. one fountain pen one highlighter pen and yeah like a, the ruler is a good idea um but yeah mm-hmm. that's probably kind of where it's going to be for me maybe maybe uh like a retro 51 a fountain pen of some description and a mechanical pencil probably yeah, I'd like to throw in some index cards in there if I could get to it for short notes that wouldn't take mm-hmm. up like a whole A5 sheet that would take place of your post-it notes. The index cards were always a post-it note replacement for me. So if I could yep. squirrel away five or ten a day in my little kit, um, that's what I would look for for you know notes to pass along, things like that. So tough situation uh, for sure. And I, I, I'm definitely leaving the additional accessories like staplers, post-its, paper clips, binder clips, all those things behind. You just kind of have to and just kind of roll with the punches and uh, take something that you know you're going to enjoy writing with. And hopefully it'll make you forget that you don't have all that other stuff easily at hand. This next one's from Ryan. What tools would you recommend for someone running a Dungeons & Dragons game? I love my Pano book for the form factor at the table to take notes, but I'm lost for pencils and big notebooks, paper for maps and tables. Love the site. Thanks for all you do. This is P.S. In episode 249, you recommend that I should branch out and try a brand I didn't have for my next pen. I didn't listen and went for a Lamy 2000 <laughs> before buying a Sailor Pro Gear Slim. All I can say is Brad was right. The Sailor is my favorite pen. Yes. So good job, Ryan. All right, so there's a few different ways, and I've had similar questions before for gaming and map making. A lot of gaming paper is hex paper, which is very popular. You can actually print your own. We'll have a link in the show notes for hex paper for map making. That way you have individual sheets you can lay out across the table and connect them um, as your map and story grows. The... If you needed a pad type, there are some hex paper pads. I couldn't find any good links from ones I've seen in the past. I'd have to dig through some of my old links. But you can find them if you you look hard enough. You can find a pad. For standard paper, Rhodia A4 pads are cheap. And they come in graph and they're um, perforated. And it's a really good quality paper. That's a good choice. I love Moramon's A4 spiral bound graph paper, but that's about twice the price of the Rhodius. So it just depends on what you need. If you're if you're really laying out several sheet maps, you probably want to look at the ADF A4 or the printable hex paper. For a pencil, I'd either go with the Kurutoga for a mechanical pencil, which might, you know, be a good functional choice for creating maps. If you wanted a traditional pencil, the Uni Mitsubishi 9850 is fantastic. It's a great price. The tip's going to last long. 
Um, you can you can draw with it as well as write with it. It's got an eraser on it, which I think in this situation you probably want an eraser. So that's kind of my kit that I'd be thinking about for gaming and map making. Um, D from the Weekly Pencil did a post, I don't know, a month or two ago about soloing Dungeons and Dragons, um, which is something she does from time to time and talks about some of the tools that she uses. So we'll have that link in the show notes as well. So you can see, uh, you know, some map making in progress and what paper and pencils and formats and things she uses. So that's a great question, Ryan. And if anyone has any more suggestions for Ryan, definitely get in touch because that's something I'm very interested in. I think it's a uh, very, very cool. All right. Jeff has an offbeat question for us, Mike. That is mm-hmm. actually an extremely normal question oh. uh, that we get from time to time. <laughs> for the both of us do you ever just sit and put time into approving your handwriting i've actually been doing that lately do you use or even recommend a font style i cannot settle on one but i want to because i cannot live with this inconsistent all caps print i have Mm. and wants to keep it printing not cursive you do not put time into your handwriting is that correct like you don't sit down and practice Nope. nope on a on occasion i do sit down and practice but a long time ago when I was, had a drafting job, I would every night take home a legal pad and practice my handwriting. And I practiced architecture fonts, which you can search online. So you would just go online. Um, there's YouTube videos. There's different websites. I didn't include them because there's a lot out there. It just depends on the style you want to write with. Printing, it's probably harder to find a style to mimic than cursive, I'm thinking, just because there's not necessarily a lot of handbooks for printing but the architecture style is something that i was drawn to because i needed it for work and i would sit there with a legal pad and write capital a all the way across one line lowercase a all the way across one line b c d all the way through the alphabet over and over i remember spending hours doing that um and it absolutely helped like my hand handwriting used to be exquisite. Like it's decent now, but I don't practice it anymore. Um, it's you know it's uh, it's a challenge these days for me to sit down and practice. The practice will absolutely pay off, and you can change your handwriting. You just have to retrain your muscle memory for a little bit. So it can be done. Find something you want online. You should be able to search something. Um, you know, I wish I had a direct recommendation, but it really depends on what you're going for. So, but even just trying like an architecture style will make your regular letters look better in the end. I think it makes sense if your handwriting is something that people see. Like, I understand why you might want to do it every now and then because like you show your handwriting to the world, right? But right, I never right. do. So... For me, as long as I can read it, which I can, and I know that is a problem for some people, like you can't read your own writing, and then, yeah, of course, you should you should practice. But I don't care that um, my handwriting is inconsistent. Sometimes it is cursive, mm-hmm. sometimes it is block caps, Like, but I kind of like that about it, even though it's not traditionally anything other than junk, but it works for me. Mm-hmm. So Gary Varner asks... A great question. I really dislike cap threads. I can feel under my fingers. I have multiple Franklin Kristoffs which solve this, but what other good fountain pens are threadless? Immediately, the Lamy 2000 jumped to mind. I mean, that's a almost seamless writing experience 
the way the section and cap is made. Um, I'm assuming you tried the Model 20 from Franklin Christoph, which is a slip cap. I'm trying to think of other brands that do a good job with this. Pelican generally does a good job with cap threading. Sailor does a pretty good job with cap threading. Um, Pilot is actually pretty decent too. Um, you know, the sections may be a little bit shorter on some of the smaller pens. Those are the ones I'm thinking off the top of my head. The Lamy 2000, like if you want to avoid threads, the Lamy 2000 is fantastic. Um, you know, the vanishing point doesn't have threads, but it has a clip that might get in your way. Um, you know, so those are some, some of the ones I I'm thinking of right offhand. I really, with my sailors, even though the threads are there, I don't really notice them. Do you Mike it? Cause you're left-handed and I don't know what your grip looks like. Doesn't bother me. No. Yeah. And I am sensitive to, uh, threading and grip sections and stuff because I have a weird grip, but I don't have any problem with sailors. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't mm -hmm. love them so much if I did. Yeah. And, uh, Michael from Ink Depends in the chat room, if you want to go vintage, Parker 51. That's about a perfect uh, no-thread capped pen, which is actually a really, really enjoyable pen to write with. So there's some things to look at. Twitless Dan asked me a couple weeks ago, why don't we have more retailers stocking the Parker Vector? He says it's a really common pen overseas, and I never see it in the States other than Amazon. So I replied back to him when he asked this. I was like, you know, when I was in school in the 80s, I loved my Parker Vector Rollerball. Like, I thought I was hot snot with that pen because it was a metal barrel and it had the the fancy arrow clip. You know, it probably cost me like $5, which is like a million dollars in today's money. Um, man, those pens were awesome. And then the quality pretty much got shot over the past couple of decades. And they've never really recovered from their low-end you know, um, falling off the cliff, the low end vectors, the jotters hung in there. The jotters are pretty good these days. The vector rollers and fountain pens are starting to reappear. I don't know if they're better. I'll have to try them, but it was such a classic pen. Um, you know, and at the time it really stood out among its peers. There just weren't many other options at the time, but it just kind of got overlooked because it, the quality didn't keep up with the, with what we thought it was, you know, 20 years ago. So I'll check one out in the near term and see what I think about it because I used to really have a passion for that pen. That was a really special pen for me growing up, the rollerball model that is. So I'll, I'll look at getting one um, again sometime soon. So B. Bellurio wants to upgrade their Pilot Metropolitan Metropolitan spending up to a hundred dollars. Also use a, a Moleskine project notebook, which is larger than an A5. Is there anything better in that size? Thanks, guys. Love the show. So notebooks first. I think there's two easy choices. One is Leuchtturm. The second is Palomino. They both both make something between like an A5 and A4 size notebook. It's pretty large but not quite A4 hardbound. Leuchtturm's called the Master. It actually might be A4. I think it's bigger than the Palomino. The Palomino is more like 7 by 10 So those notebooks. For the upgrade, you can go a lot of places. Some of the new Sailor pins in that price range are good. The Lamy Ion is good in that range. The Twisby 580s are good in that range. What else do you think in that range, Mike? Can you think of anything that I'm missing? For notebooks, that's a weird. That's 
we always talk about that's a weird price range for pens. The pen one, I don't, I don't think I have anything better than what you've mm. recommended. Like I do struggle mm. when people ask me kind of in that range. Like it is, it's Oh, tough. I still do. Mm. It's tough. Like uh, uh, Twisby, Eco, maybe. Yeah, you know, I right? mean, like I love, I love my Kaveco ALs, but I never recommend those. Right. I mean, they're yeah. like 60, 70 bucks, but that's never at the top of my list for someone looking it to upgrade like it because it's such a different pen. It's like you mm. ha- you know if you want one of those, right? Like it's right. it's kind of a very specific thing. Um, mm. Yeah, I think maybe you said a large term, uh, Rodia Webby or Rodia Web Notebooks, they're good, mm-hmm. right? They're very good. It just depends on what type of paper you like, right? Because there's tends to be like that smoother almost coated feel and it depends kind of what you look for um but yeah i think i would maybe say twisby ecos are are really nice um and and you they're kind of cool in that price range i'd maybe look Mm -hmm. at that too oh yeah i love the eco they you will get a lot of enjoyment out of an eco for less than 30 bucks i you just will it's a very very enjoyable pen it really really does feel like a like it's worth more than thirty dollars as well. Like I yeah. will tell you, they break. They still do break. Like I've had them. I've had them break. You you can manhandle them and break them, right? Like mm-hmm. they they are less prone to uh, breaking on their own as the twist bees have been in the past, right? Well, right. the sections made differently, so that's very key exactly. for for bee. But I've seen uh, a couple of the like the piston filling mechanisms kind of detach from themselves. That, that yes. still happens. Yep. So, yep, but does. that's usually done with excessive or incorrectly applied force. Mm-hmm. We never do that, right? I didn't do it. This <laughs> is not my. I'm not talking about my eco here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So Breeze Junk wants to know what's the difference between Pilot Namiki inks and regular Pilot inks. Nothing but an awesome bottle. So if you want regular Pilot, blue or black, the Namiki's the same, and it comes in a way more awesomer bottle. Although the, the larger Pilot ink bottles are pretty cool in their own right, but the small regular Pilot bottles are not. But it's basic blue and black. I don't even know if Namiki has the blue-black. It might just be blue and black. But they're uh, great bottles. Ben Crumback. After all this time, do the two of you still have gray, grail pens? If so, what are they and why? So this comes into play related to my L.A. pen show trip. There was nothing I was necessarily looking for. I was browsing. I didn't have like a must-have on my list. If there's anything, I would probably sell some of my pens and get uh, a next-level Nakaya, um, you know, like an Ascending Dragon or some of these other pens that I really, really love. That's, But it's not like... I'm not on a quest to end up with one of those, right? It's if I cleared out enough space to and sold enough pens to afford something like that, I might do that, but it's not on the must have list. What about you, Mike? Uh, I think that my current grail is what I keep talking about, right? It is mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. king of pen. Um, yep. That's it. That's all. That's the only thing on my list. I mean, okay. So, the pink love doesn't count it's not like a grail pen it's just like a design that i cover um right but like the 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 pen that i hold in the highest esteem right now is the the pro gear king of pen so that's that's what i'm covered that not that's my grail pen and that will be that will be mine Mm -hmm. but ben i'm finding i'm really happy with 
all the stuff I have right now and I'll actually be, uh, you know, uh, selling off some of it because I'm so happy with such a, uh, a smaller group of pens overall than, than the pen, amount of pens I own. So I'll be consolidating hopefully later this year. And that might turn into like a singular purchase, mm-hmm. um, by the time I get done. So we'll see, we will, we'll certainly explore this more. All right. Last question. And this goes back to Toffer's question from last week about saving notebooks in a more permanent fashion. So before I get into this email from Lynn, I got another email and I forget the the writer because I didn't put it in the show notes. But he said, you know, I like it when you ask questions to get listener feedback, but please make sure you follow up because... You know, sometimes you may not in the past or sometimes it might take multiple weeks and it's hard if people aren't, you know, don't follow every episode. It's hard to get the uh, follow up to the question. I thought that was a fair, very fair thing to say. And he specifically said, because I want to know about the notebooks. So we didn't get much feedback on this, to be perfect, honest, perfectly honest. I got one Twitter conversation about Ziplocs. And I still have some questions about using those with, with air tightness and, and chemical, uh, plastic chemicals. Um, so what Lynn did was email me, and I'm just going to read this, and this really kind of struck home with me. So she says, hello, Brad, I have an answer to your question about storing old journals and notebooks, but it's from a contrarian perspective. Don't save them. I realize there may be some small amount that we each write that would truly be of value to someone else years from now, but it's probably a lot less than we might think. And I always wonder who will have that task of going through all those bins decades from now. Will it be me? And is that what I'm going to want to do at that point in my life? Probably not. Will it be one of my siblings or children when I'm no longer here? And how much will they want this chore? Not only is there the burden of their time and energy to do this, but also the emotional toll of throwing out something that I decided to save. I don't want to inflict that on someone I love. So my advice is to take great enjoyment from using that journal. And then when it's filled up, throw it out. I thought that was amazing because I've had two family members in the past two years where my parents have had to go and I'll just get weeks worth of emails saying, oh my God, all this stuff. And at that point, when you're overwhelmed already with loss, having to deal with extra burdens of deciding what to do with stuff, maybe you don't need it. Maybe think about it from that perspective. So I thought this was a great perspective. You know, it may not be for everybody. You may want to save everything and make sure these things are handed down from generation from generation. That's awesome. But I think considering the other side where you might be unknowingly burdening someone at a time where they really don't need a burden. Um, that's something to consider as well. So great response, Lynn. Or scan them. Yeah. Like if scan you think them, that the content them. is like super important, then scan them and save them. And so then nobody has to like physically take them to the dump, right? Like mm-hmm. in 60 years time or whatever. Right. Um, and then also, if so, if then you don't even have to worry if you want to keep them still, you can still keep them and you've got digital copies. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they get ruined. And then yep. also you will realize at that point if it really is worth going through the effort, right? <laughs> scanning <laughs> right. takes a long time. So then maybe you'll, yeah. you'll be a bit more like picky about what it is exactly you're going to keep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. So yeah, I thought that was a very good perspective from like Landon. There's definitely, uh, there's definitely, you know, it, there's two sides to it, and uh, it's something that that both should be very, very considered because uh, we don't always think about those things. I know I certainly didn't until I started getting phone calls and texts constantly with lots of OMGs in it um, from, you know, unfortunate, you know, people passing away in my life and um, watching my parents have to deal with that going wow, maybe I should re- rethink a couple of things. So this came in at a good time. Thank you, Lynn. It's time for a spring clean, right? <laughs> and it's time for us to wrap up this show, Michael Hurley. Okay. If you want to catch our show notes this week, you want to go over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 296. I want to take a moment again to thank our sponsors, Harry's Blue Apron and Zola for helping make this show possible. Brad is at penaddict.com and knock.co. He is at Dowdyism on Twitter, Penaddict on Instagram. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Um, if you want a new show to listen to, uh, I will recommend the show that I have just started with um, friend of the show, Tiffany Arment. It's called Playing for Fun. Um, it is a show ostensibly about video games, but like this show is two people that love a thing and just love to talk about that thing, that's what Playing for Fun is, but for video games. With the nice. caveat that we only talk about the good stuff. So there is no bad stuff. We don't talk about any bad stuff on Playing for Fun. We pick a video game, and then we just talk about all of the things that we love about it. So that's at relay.fm slash playing for fun. It also has the greatest artwork and music. Uh, it I does. I think of it's any awesome. Relay FM show. Um, it, it's wonderful. It's wonderful, wonderful. Um, we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.